elderly man who had just learned to make weapons and tools out of sticks, stones, and bits of bone might have paused to look into the dark, soulful eyes of his companion and wondered, what is he thinking about? How much does he know? Does he really have feelings? And if so, what does he think about me? It is now 140 centuries since that fire last flickered and died, and we are still asking those same questions about our canine companions. The average dog owner still looks into the eyes of his dog, sees what appear to be sparks of intelligence, emotion, and awareness, and wonders about what is going on in the dog's mind. Historically, many great thinkers have wrestled with this question. Some have intuited that there is a knowing awareness behind those eyes, while others have concluded that dogs merely act according to genetically programmed instincts. Dogs and Philosophers The Greek philosopher Plato had a very high opinion of the dog's intellect. He described the noble dog as a lover of learning and a beast worthy of wonder. In one of his dialogues, he presents a discussion between Socrates and Glaucon, in which Socrates, after much analysis, eventually convinces his disciple that his dog is a true philosopher. Plato's contemporary Diogenes, another significant Greek philosopher, although more eccentric than most, became known for wandering the world with a lamp, claiming to be looking for an honest man. While he had his doubts about humans, Diogenes thought dogs were extremely moral and intelligent, and even adopted the nickname Scion, which means dog. He would go on to found one of the great ancient schools of philosophy, and he and his followers would become known by his nickname as cynics, or dog thinkers. Diogenes' own intelligence and wit were such that Alexander the Great, after meeting him in Corinth, went away saying, If I were not Alexander, I should wish to be Diogenes. When Diogenes died, the people of Athens raised a great marble pillar in his memory. On top of the pillar was the image of a dog, Beneath the dog, there was a long inscription that started with the following bit of conversation. Say, dog, I pray what guard you in that tomb? A dog. His name? Diogenes. There are many times when the behavior of my own dogs brings me back to the admiring views of Plato and Diogenes. One cold rainy day, when I was feeling too tired and uncomfortable to take my dogs, on their usual morning walk, they had to content themselves with being let out in the yard for a short while. For my flat-coated retriever, Odin, this simply was not an acceptable situation, and late in the afternoon I was disturbed from my reading by a clatter at my feet. I looked down and noticed that Odin had somehow found his leash and deposited it on the floor. I picked it up, put it on the sofa next to me, and gave him a pat and a reassuring, Later, Odin. A few minutes passed, and there was another clatter at my feet. I found that Odin had now deposited one of my shoes beside me. When I didn't respond, he quickly retrieved the other shoe and put it down next to me. Obviously, to his mind, I was being quite dense or stubborn, since I still delayed going out into the cold and wet weather. It was at that moment that Odin ran to the door and gave a familiar bark. 
It was a distinctive sound that he only used when my wife Joan was approaching the door. I had spent several years teaching at a university in New York City and had developed the habit typical of New Yorkers, which involves always locking doors, even on days when I was inside working at home. This tended to annoy Joan, who grew up in the safer and less paranoid environment of Alberta, Canada. So when Odin gave his Joan is here bark, I got up to unlock the door rather than leave her fumbling for her keys in the rain and getting annoyed with my inconvenient habit. The moment I got within a foot or two of the door, Odin dashed back to the sofa and grabbed his leash. Before I had even determined that Joan's car had not arrived in its usual place, he was nudging my hand with the leash he carried in his mouth. I started to laugh at his subterfuge. I could imagine his mental discourse of the past few minutes running something like, I want to walk, so here's my leash, okay?